This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. This episode of the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network is sponsored by PlaybookProducts.com. This is the coolest company ever. They take all of your favorite sports plays and put them on a wide variety of products from Every single sport, including hockey, you know, with like the X's and the O's, the diagrams, they like diagram it all out and they print out these legendary plays. Yes, they do. And they put it on pretty much anything. You can do uh, cups, coasters, posters, uh, drawstring backpacks, mouse pads, baby onesies, pretty much everything. It is the perfect gift that you can get for all hockey fans or sports fans in general. Um, there's pretty much something for everybody. And I mean, I don't know about you, but it's something that both Ray and I want (laughs) to get. And we even had an idea last, last week, I think it was to, uh, to get one of our favorite plays, which we had talked about and hopefully one day get it signed by that specific player and hang it up. And it's a, it's a good piece of memorabilia to, to have always. Oh yeah. And it's really high quality and very artistically done. It's not like I'm saying X's and O's, you know, I mean, it's like way more elevated than that. (laughs) And it's super awesome. You've got definitely got to go check them out. They've got, you could type in the play for your team and they probably have it. And if they don't, I mean, I'm sure you can message them to, to make it for you if it's something super important and relevant to your team. But check it out, playbookproducts.com. Tell them that Breezy and Ray from House of Hockey Podcast sent you. And by the way, if you do buy something, take a picture of it when it arrives and tag us in it because we want to see what plays you got like on social media on our social channels or maybe let's even talk about what your favorite play is and let's go back and forth let's let's start talking about you know memories and and bringing things up and again it's the perfect gift for anybody and everybody it's super unique and you're not going to find it anywhere else playbookproducts.com check it out and we're going to start the episode now on that because Got a brand new episode. Yeah, we got a brand new episode for you. That's what you're listening to right now. And we have an awesome guest for you coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of the latest on playoff hockey that we have seen of the official first round of playoffs, as well as uh, tell you a little bit about our guest, Colby, who is the man behind uh, the MD media on social media. You've probably seen his incredible content and breezy knows, knows Colby and has spent time with him. And that's how she got him on the pod. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Colby, uh, was the content guy, uh, for when I went up to Toronto earlier this year with Pacific rink, we were doing some content shoots with uh, hockeyshot.com as well. And there were some, 
pretty heavy hitter influencers there. We had Jeremy from How To Hockey, uh, Pavel Barber, as well as Nasher. And if you're a hockey fan, I'm sure you know who all three of those incredible human beings are. Um, we had a ton of fun up there, and I got to witness Colby firsthand seeing all the effort he was putting into it, all of his gear, even learned a thing or two from him, and his work, work ethic is, is incredible. He's a good guy, a Preds fan, so obviously I'm a fan. Yeah, um, yeah. lots of Preds talk here. Lots of Preds talk, and I'm, all, and I'm all giddy about it. But uh, yeah, Colby's a, a good guy. He, he has a lot going on, which you, you're going to hear about. And uh, I think if you're a hockey fan in general, um, he creates some of the, the, I mean, I would say some of the best content uh, from a guy who just picked it up not that long ago. Um, and he's really, you know, kind of getting the word across about the sport and, and traveling it. And he's, I would say he's almost hashtag chasing hockey. What do you think? Totally. Hashtag chasing hockey, chasing the puck for sure. He has uh, traveled a lot. It's really interesting. He shares a really heartwarming story about his son, um, who was a Make-A-Wish kid, and uh, how the Predators really uh, created this experience moment for him. I don't want to give away the whole story because he tells it much better, but it's definitely worth listening to. So stay tuned for, for that interview. Absolutely. And in other news... We have the official round one of the playoffs. It's going on. How are you feeling over there, big old zero and two? Thanks. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like a zero. <laughs> That's how I feel, like Breezy. A like a zero. I know. So we're recording this before, uh, you know, game four has been played of the Blackhawks and Vegas Golden Knights series. So uh, I guess if anything different happens... <laughs> You'll just have to check for my reaction on the next episode of the podcast <laughs> or our social media channels. Um, but I'm not feeling great. Not feeling great. Game one, Blackhawks played like they had never played hockey together before, ever. They gave up. Crawford did not play well. Gave up a couple of goals he shouldn't have given up. He was not on his A game. Game two. Crawford even, uh, he had that one block save that ended up tripping off of his blocker and that was a that was a tough one I felt I felt really bad for him there I I didn't I felt for him yeah some of them were freak accidents you know luck of the puck but I also just don't think he performed like he could have uh game two much better performance from Crawford uh not the best but significantly better and the Hawks adjusted a lot better. And I, I believe I heard the announcer on NBC Sports correctly. He said that all the goals that the Knights scored on the Hawks were when Duncan Keith was not on the ice, which is problematic. So, <laughs> um, and that's also just sort of where we're at with our, with our defense and, some of the players just not being in the right position. Keith knows how to do that. And he does that very, very well. He's a future hall of famer. Um, Keith is very valuable. He had 
ridiculous amount of minutes on the ice as it is. So, um, and mm -hmm. then also it was interesting. They switched up the lines and they had a lot more of Kane and Taze together on the same line, not on the power play, which is something I have been begging for all season long. And it still didn't really make much of a difference, but at least we tried. And I'm just glad to see them trying things and making adapt ad adapting to the style of play. That's that's all Absolutely. I got. I was just really I was really disappointed. They played so much better against Edmonton. They were really gelling, and it's like all of a sudden the the air is out of the tires. Yeah. Well, Vegas is uh, is a tough team, which we we are already talked about. And speaking of minutes overtime game that went through and all I got to say is Seth Jones is a complete heartthrob of mine right now <laughs> he is just some I mean he was a, an ex-Nashville Predator gotta say that number three always um but gosh I mean the guy is he's so good he played over 60 minutes that entire time he played over a game a wow. full game and I mean, the guy didn't even look gassed at all. I mean, he was just, he was out there. He was hyped up. I'm sure it was the adrenaline. Um, and they came back. They won game two. I mean, that's insane. I Absolutely know. insane. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time watching the overtime. And I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired from watching it. I'm exhausted. What's going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I think he was quoted, Seth Jones, saying after the game that he was like, nah, I feel fine. Or like the yeah. next day. He was like, I don't really feel any different. Yep. What? That's true, true athlete right there. True exactly. athlete right there. I think they have a lot of grit. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that they have it there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tampa's a, a fantastic team. They're really strong. Uh, I think they are struggling a little bit here and there. They're kind of, I feel a little jumbled. They did look like a better team on game one, but overall I think they still look a little bit jumbled. So I would agree. See, uh, We'll see what happens. And then the Canadians head coach had a stroke or not a stroke. Oh. He had to have a stint put in a, a stent, stint, stent, stint. stint. E or I? I'm going to go with I. Okay. He had one of those put yeah. in. Okay. <laughs> due to some sort of heart issue. I just saw this right before, so I didn't get to read the full details. But he is going oh, to wow. be just fine. He went home, though. He's left the bubble, and he's going to recover. But they expect, like, full recovery. Um, so mm -hmm. he's unfit to coach currently. And the assistant is taking over. Jeez. And I heard Jake uh, Muzzin is doing much better after he is, his he scary is head injury, right? Yeah. I watched an interview that he did. So the Leafs actually put out little clips. They had individual interviews that they did with, with, um, with some of their players and kind of just talking questions or whatever. And I, I watched Jake's and he's home. He's going to, he's expected to make a full recovery. And, um, it's so funny to watch these guys do their little interviews because they're just like, meh, meh, meh. Um, but, I mean, he said it was just a freak accident. Thankfully, nothing really uh, went down. But he wasn't – he didn't want to talk about what happened or the injury, which means that there's still probably something going on. And, you know, but he's expected to, to make a 
a full recovery. But speaking of coaches, the Carolina Hurricanes coach, did you see how ripped that guy is? Yes. Oh, my God. That video that the NHL put out. And he's all playing. I'm like, holy abs. What's going on? He's like really good looking. Like really good looking. My friend was like, "Oh, hey, daddy," and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." That's yeah, it, but. no, I can't say that. But like, <laughs> can't say that. But I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Okay, do you have an Instagram?" Because I'd follow you. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird, but I definitely would do it because he he's uh, lifted some weights recently. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm all about that. That kind of a dad bod, like I'm all for that. And like, and he's <laughs> a hockey coach. Like, sign me up. I'm sure he's married happily with kids. I have no clue. But uh, yeah. so, so don't like start spreading any hate comments to me because I, I'm yeah. just, you know, saying from you're, like yeah. a purely. Uh, and you're surface. probably saying what a lot of other people were thinking. That's Let's true. just be real. So. Oh, yeah. That, is that, that was. Well, I forgot about that. And then the Canes. Twitter, whatever, all their social media. Whoever <laughs> runs the Kane social media is hilarious yeah. and bringing all the jokes. So if you're, not, even if you're not a fan, gotta follow them on social media because they yeah. are really funny. And same with whoever is doing the in arena stuff for the NHL when it that over that five <laughs> overtime, they were like stand oh, so for fun. the seventh overtime stretch, like jokes, yeah. like you gotta give it to the league for trying to add some life to the inner yeah. experience for the players and the coaches who are, you know, they have, they're at their peak of stress and you, yeah. you know, you don't have the fan noise as loudly as you would and, and all of that. I mean, yeah. I think they're doing a phenomenal job at keeping the energy up. What do you think? Do you like that stuff? Or do you think like, Meh. I think it's pretty entertaining. I think what else are you going to do? I mean, just, just roll with it. If you think that it's an eye roll and whatever, just get over yourself. Just then don't look at it. That's all I got to say. If you don't like it, then don't look at it. Change the channel, flip it back to watch your TV. It doesn't really matter. You're not there. No one's there. We need something. It made me laugh. I kept looking at the little thing to see what else it was going to say. And it's still overtime. And that it was funny. I just, just go with it. Yeah. What do you think of the Buffalo Sabres debuting their return to Royal jerseys, how they switched up their color scheme? Buffalo is close to Toronto. It is a, obviously a rival team. Um, I don't necessarily care a whole lot about Buffalo. Uh, as far as when it comes to like wanting to go there or like the team in general, yeah, I think that the jerseys look pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to buy one cause I have no reason to buy one, but if I was going to buy one, I'd be stoked on it. Yeah. I like the Royal blue color they have now instead of that like weird, like beigey blue that they had yeah. before. I like the brighter color. I think it's mm-hmm. fun. The draft pick. We we did mm. not get to talk about the first, the N. Oh, holy moly! The NHL draft lottery that the losers of the play-in round of this year's overall playoffs 
mm-hmm. went to the New York Rangers and they've already apparent allegedly gotten some offers, offer sheets from other teams to, to uh, get that first round pick for Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah. Uh, Did you see it? the, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. But ever. Not everyone, but I've seen some things that were like, okay, that was the ball the guy dropped by accident before he was able to like pull the look. It's like, okay, it was a weighted ball maybe or not a weighted ball because it needed to fly up, whatever that thing is. But you were like, why was it that one? Why did he, was there something wrong with that ball? But then they did like a slow-mo of it and the Maple Leafs one was coming up and went, went up and it also went, (laughs) typical, typical, typical. It was so, I was like, oh, geez. Of course, but well, it was funny. I got to say the Leafs aren't really hurting for good talent. I don't really think no, that's your problem. they just need to find it. Yeah. No, they just, need to, <laughs> they just need to find out how to use their skills properly, exactly. which is something Jake Muzzin had also said was the talent's there. You just have to want to win more. And I thought he stated that very, very well. I mean, he is a Stanley Cup champion. He's been there. Um, anyway, we don't need to talk about this anymore because we already did. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but I'm enjoying watching. We talked about this a little bit with Colby on the upcoming interview with him. And just that you had said, you know, there's so much hockey, though. Like, all day long, you can watch hockey right now. And it's such a it's a little bit of an adjustment and I, I feel a little bit of guilt not mm-hmm. watching all day long. Like if I can't, I or agree. if I'm doing yeah. something, it's kind of like, you know, like I feel like I should watch this game right now, but cause like, we don't know when we're going to get hockey back again and I got to get all the hockey in. And then, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just a little too much at, at the same time. But I mean, I'm trying mm-hmm. to watch as much as I can if I'm working. Like, I try to have the game on in the background at least so I can listen and just, you know, absorb the content that's going on across the league outside of the Blackhawks. Because I do watch other games besides the Blackhawks, just yeah. so everybody knows. And, and, I, and you're obviously going to hear it later on in the episode, but it's, it's almost like you can't be too excited for games or you can't run off of the adrenaline or have the dwell of like a team losing because it doesn't give you enough time if anything they kind of overlap so it's like you know if someone if something happens and you're upset or you're excited about it you don't have that time like an hour to be like oh yeah or gosh darn it, oh, I can't wait for the next one it's it, it's it's hard it's so hard because I'm like okay here's all right, now this game's on now, and it's like, okay, off to that, now on to this, and it, it's tough, but I agree. I feel a little guilty not watching the games because, let's be honest, uh, no one, or I would assume no one can sit in front of the TV for 15 hours plus a day just watching hockey, and um, I do feel bad about it, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's really tough to have to watch that much. <laughs> yeah, it was a, such a, such ex- polar opposite extremes of having no hockey and being so deprived on top of everything else that went along with the, this pandemic. But, and then it's all back and it's all, it's all happening and all this like 
baseball and basketball and soccer are happening. And it's just like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to watch all of the things. I have to get all of the sports because like I've been, I haven't had any in so long. But yeah, I've, I've yeah. got, I've, I've found a little bit of a better balance with it. Today we are joined by a hockey digital creator who has worked with some of today's top hockey influencers and brands, a beer leaguer and a diehard Preds fan the MD Media, Colby Collier. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, welcome. Absolutely. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. So you obviously have amazing content from capturing the game from all different angles. You've traveled, you know, kind of far and wide to, to follow the game. What got you into creating content and, and what made you actually start? Um, so for, Preds opened Ford Eye Center here in Nashville, I think, five-ish years ago um, and then I had never played hockey before then so what they did is they essentially held um, a draft tournament for all the rookies signing up the guys that had no experience so I signed up there as a captain drafted a team just started creating stuff there put a GoPro up on the glass uh, one game just to film our beer league games guys loved it they're like oh you should come out and film my beer league game you should do this you should do that and you know it grew from a GoPro to the next camera and the next big thing. And then like, it just took off from there really. Crazy. So did you have experience doing photography or videography beforehand or? Uh, Zero. Um, Zero. (laughs) Like I owned a GoPro obviously, because we just did fun stuff around the house. But I think my first like point and shoot camera was when that stuff started happening. What did you do before that? Um, so my day job, I'm a network engineer for managed service providers. So I do a lot of behind the scenes kind of IT work, um, cloud stuff, internet circuits, that kind of thing. Um, and then do the content stuff for really for fun on the side. Cool. Crazy. I mean, you, you really took off with it. Cause I mean, the, the work that you put out and I mean, you're kind of far, you're pretty well known. We've had so many people come on our podcast and they, they talk about you and I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love, I love hearing that. So tell us a little bit about your experience with like playing hockey for the first time. What was that like? Um, Cause I'm, I'm assuming know, this, you said what, this was only a handful of years ago. So it's not like you were a kid, you're a grown adult, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I skated when I was, when I was little, like rollerbladed in the streets, but never really picked up a hockey stick. Um, I went to, uh, I think the first Preds game I went to was like a, a Wings and a, a Preds playoff game. And I sit next to a guy that's now one of my really good friends. And he was like, you know, we have this beer league thing. You should come out and try it. I was like, you know, I've never played before. He's like, it doesn't matter. Like, just go get some gear, try it. I went to uh, play it against sports and probably spent like literally $100 on everything total, like the cheapest stuff I could find. I was hooked. Um Fast forward, you know, a month or so later, Ford opens, drafted a team, which, you know, the Mighty Drunks were born then. Um, people love the beer league name. They're like, we sell a ton of jerseys. It's crazy. Like, people love our jerseys, and they buy them. We send them everywhere. Um, so cool. You know, I was always <laughs> athletic, but I'm still not that great at hockey. But I've moved up in the leagues. We play – we've got a couple teams across Nashville. I play upper and lower C now, so – I can skate decent. Um, my hands are garbage, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I like that you're honest about your, where yeah. you're at. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I can skate, but you know, don't pass me the puck if you want to score. Skate the puck <laughs> away from me. You're like dishing it off your stick the minute you, it touches your stick. Yeah. 
What are you saying? You said the Ford Center? Is that the place where you guys play? Is that the hockey rink there? Yeah. It's those who aren't familiar? Yeah, it's called Ford Ice Center. Um, okay. Preds, uh, there's two of them in Nashville. Preds own and run that. Oh, okay. Nice. And that's where, that's like open to rec leagues and stuff like that. Yep. They do everything from, uh, from skating programs, adult hockey programs, youth leagues. Like my son is in, in, um, starting house league, uh, coming up in probably two weeks, three weeks. So like they do everything out there. And the Preds actually practice at Ford Ice Center a few times or was it their old practice facility at one point or something like that? They do. Um, so they, they, they always practice at Centennial, which is, uh, you can probably throw a rock and hit Bridgestone from there, but they'll run practices at Ford Ice Center, um, usually for like season ticket holder events. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, fan of that. you mentioned the mighty drunks. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that <laughs> the beer league team, your team, <laughs> just, you know, give us a little insight into uh, your experience with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mentioned we started it with a draft tournament um, and literally it was, they handed us a sheet of paper that had all these names on it. And they're like, pick your team. Like we just went around the table and picked our team. I don't know any of these guys. I didn't know anything about hockey in Nashville or nothing. Um, and we were terrible. Like the first couple of seasons <laughs> we were bad. Um Fast forward to now, um, like we have our own, our own social accounts, our own website. We probably sell four or five jerseys a month. People love it. Like I, I shipped one to somewhere in Switzerland last month. Um, we've won the Stanley keg, you know, four or five times. Um, (laughs) it's a blast guys, guys look forward to this every, every week. You know, I've made some of my, my best friends in my adult life from playing here. And then, you know, we've transitioned to doing roller tournaments now. Like, the, like guys are playing hockey. They don't care. I mean, it's a, it's a blast and I'm doing it with my friends. So we're having a fun, we're having a lot of fun doing it. How many uh, beer league teams are in Nashville? Cause I think a lot of people think that, you know, hockey in the South isn't as big as, you know, hockey elsewhere. And uh-huh. obviously the Preds have, have grown the sport so much, but to give a, a perspective, how many beer league teams would you say are at least just in the general Nashville area? Oh man. So there's uh, three rinks that actually hold adult leagues. I would probably say 15 to 20 teams per rink. So 50, 60 maybe. And then of course you got guys that play on multiple teams and stuff that right. want to play every night of the week. But you know, I'd say that's 50, 60, probably, probably a pretty good guess. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah. you're saying if if someone's listening in Nashville and they want to play hockey, there is a chance that they can get on a team and it's not far and wide. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you've made some really incredible, like lifelong friends through hockey. Um, we've heard this multiple times from multiple guests that in any capacity in which they have been around the sport of hockey, anybody they meet that's connected with it instantly becomes a lifelong friend. I mean, I would consider that to be true with Breezy and I, when we first met, we were just like, boom, yeah, we got to figure out a way to work together or do something. Like if anything, we just got to go watch hockey together. So like, I feel like there's something about it. Do you, do you have any insight as to why that is or what it is about the sport of hockey that puts people together forever? (laughs) I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be just the love of the game. You know, 
guys that, that, that I consider my core group of friends that I've made from hockey, you know, like they've traveled to tournaments with us. They've built tournaments with me, like the wish cup. So you mentioned, you know, the wish cup and it's something that you had started, correct? Yeah. I think that's what you said. So can you kind of explain what the wish cup is and, and how it takes place in Nashville and, and where you kind of see it going over the course of the next, you know, months, years, whatever it is? Yeah, so um, it's a really long story, but I'll give you like the condensed down version of it. Um, my son, Asher, um, a couple of years ago in the 18-19 season, um, he's a wish kid. So the Nashville Predators, uh, the Nashville Predators Foundation, Make-A-Wish Foundation, all got together to grant his wish. At the time, he was three years old. Um, his wish was to become a Nashville Predator, um, which that sounds crazy for like a three-year-old to say that, but you know, the Make-A-Wish people came here, and I kid you not, they brought him, I think they had to make two trips out to the car, they brought him all these toys and stuff to play with, and like, he sat down and opened them, played with them for like two or three minutes, and then he's like, handing them these little plush hockey sticks, like, I can play hockey, I think, at three years old, he didn't talk, all he wanted to do was play hockey, and they kind of understood that, you know, this is not us putting those words in his mouth, like, this is what he wants to do, it's all he wants to do is play hockey. So they granted his wish in the 18-19 season, signed him to a contract, um, practiced with the team. He was in the team picture. They gave us a suite for the Preds and the Leafs game. An awesome experience. Like he was blown away and still talks about it almost every day. Like still talks to the players. He's became really good friends with Forsberg. Like it's the the entire experience was unbelievable. Uh, Fast forward to now, we were looking for something to keep him involved with Make-A-Wish and for us to be able to give back to that organization so that they can grant other kids wishes. So we thought, you know, we love hockey. He loves hockey. Let's create a tournament series and donate all the proceeds to that. So what we came up with was the Wish Cup. Um, Two events. uh, This year it's two events. The Wish Cup roller event was this past Saturday, August the 8th. Um, The Wish Cup ice event is later this month. I believe it's the 29th. two separate events and we're taking all the proceeds from that. We're going to donate it to his chapter, the middle Tennessee chapter make a wish. Uh, we're on pace to donate around $8,000 to them, um, which will go straight to help uh, other kids have their wishes granted. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. If you can't play in any of the tournaments, are there other ways we can, you know, people listening can support the, the wish. Yeah, apps? absolutely. Um, I can send you guys a link to this, but we have, these shirts for sale, Wish Cup t-shirts. Um, you know, we did jerseys and everything for the ice event. We can reorder those. Like if you guys want a, a specific jersey or you can just make a monetary donation. We've had plenty of people that, that can't, can't play or that don't want to play that just, just donate to our total. Really. And how is your son today? Um, he's great. He is currently fighting, taking a nap. So I can hear them upstairs romping around over that. But um, health-wise, he's great. He's got a lot of challenges still ahead of him. You know, he's in PTOT speech every day. But um, if you saw him out at the rink skating uh, or in the garage shooting pucks, like, you'd have no idea. Do you feel comfortable sharing um, what it is that is going on or what, what he has? It's like inform other people of, of some yeah, of the so, challenges you're facing um, so he's got a laundry list of medical issues. Um, he had a stroke when he was born. Um, he developed uh, neck, which was necrotizing intracolitis, I think. 
um, essentially what that is, the bacteria in your intestines. Um, they were treating, they were treating it uh, with antibiotics. Uh, it didn't work. Um, so one day uh, he was still in, in the NICU. Um, his intestines actually burst. Uh, so what they did, they had to open him up, um, clean all that out. Um, and then he had a colostomy bag for a while. He's had um, eight or nine surgeries. I think, I think eight was the most recent one. Um, so, and then he was also diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So, um, the kid is an absolute warrior. Um, when you talk about somebody that you want to, that I want to model, you know, mentality after it's him, like he doesn't let anything get him down. Um, and he's a heck of a hockey player. I mean, it's crazy. Like he's got a better backhand than I do. I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, ha- tell us a little bit more then about, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, absolutely. We've had, you know, we've heard other stories of, you know, parents who are in this hockey community f- who have children that have, you know, cancer at a young age and different health concerns and um, just how much the hockey community really rallies around those people with tournaments and support and, and all that. And I think those are really important stories to share um, just to remind everybody that the sport can really bring us together. But tell us a little bit more about, you said Forsberg and your son have like Um, made a connection. Tell us that story and like how that came about because that's incredible. So we were like during his wish day, like he got to practice with the team. So he sat on the bench and actually watched them run through a practice. And at the end of the practice, um, it was LaViolette at the time was the coach of the Preds came over to him and asked him if he was ready to go. And I was like, yeah, you know, sure. He's ready to go. Like, what are we, what are we going to do? And then Forsberg comes over and grabs him and takes him to the other end. And I follow him out there and Forsberg probably spent, I would say at least 30 minutes out on the ice with him, like just shooting pucks, passing back and forth. Um, I mean, just little things. And Asher was really like, he didn't have a ton of words then. And he was like, you had to really listen to understand what he was saying. Um, But now like just as he's grown and developed more words and better speech since then, you know, he send we send Forsberg videos of him. Yesterday was Forsberg's birthday. So send him a video of Asher singing happy birthday which was crazy to me because like you've got this this kid that has these severe speech delays but like he's singing happy birthday to like one of his idols and you can understand him send it to Forsberg he's like oh man that's awesome made my day and it's just like it's just great to see guys like that take time out of their day and 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 talk to him like it's 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 insane like you don't see that in other sports um, tourists is another big one, um, during the quarantine, you know, he FaceTimed with tourists a couple of times. Like I think Nashville does a great job in picking, picking character guys, like on our skill, like that that's over here, but then you've got character guys over here and they do a fantastic job of that. And you're obviously going to have, have bad apples and things like that, but the guys really went out of their way to make sure that, that Asher had an awesome experience. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nashville in general, and I think that's what makes me such a fan of the Preds, is you feel very connected with the team, and I mm-hmm. feel like the team genuinely cares about you, and they, they try to get their fans involved, where, like, when I when I talk about the Preds, I feel like I'm talking about, like, my brothers or something, and, yeah. and that's not something you get when, I mean, I don't feel that way about the Kings, or I don't know if any other fan really feels that about their hockey team. I just think Nashville does. I don't know if it's because it's such a tight kit 
tight knit community. And I don't even live there. I've just visited there so many times, yeah. but <laughs> it's one of those things where everyone just, it comes together and everyone, I don't know if it's a little bit of a Southern hospitality or, or what the case may be, but you just feel so in sync and so interlinked with, with the fans, the team, the organization, everything. And I, and I honestly think that's what makes, um, you know, the team so great in general for, for so many Absolutely. people. You live in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you live in Nashville. Have you always lived in Nashville? We've lived here for seven and a half, probably almost eight years. Um, lived in Tennessee all of our lives, though. Gotcha. So you, but I mean, you said you went to, you started up about five years ago doing your digital mm-hmm. content. Your first Preds game, you've obviously gone to a ton since then. Um, do you have, like, can you describe the fan base? I know I kind of just described a little bit, but can you describe the fan base, um, as well as like, do you have a favorite chant? Like what's your favorite part about the arena? Um, I mean, I feel like we want to be able to get the point across to, uh, on all different teams on, on why other fans should be able to go to these arenas and not feel afraid to go in like their opposing team's jerseys. Or maybe do like um, I felt yeah. before when I go to Staples Center. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> when you go to a Preds game, like you want to go and support the Preds just based off of everything. So, I mean, hand it over to. I mean, what are the fans yeah. like? What's your favorite chant? Tell us. The I experience. think you. I think you hit it on the head a few minutes ago when you said that you just feel connected with the team or with the players. Um, almost every home game that we go to, we try and get there. You know, an hour or so before puck drop. Um, we'll literally go sit down behind the the net that the Preds warm up to or that they warm up on. And, like, it's it's pretty empty then. So, you know, we'll set the kids down. We'll get them dinner. And the Preds come out and warm up. And they'll always interact with the people that are there on the glass. So that's one big, I guess, selling point um, for us. And it, and it goes all the way down from, from that to their practices. Like, they have kid centers at their actual practices at Centennial. So that, you know, you don't have all these adult autograph hounds trying to to get the players time. You have the kids, they can push them over in this one area. And it's literally where the players walk in and out of the ice on. So just that connection with the fan base sells it. Um, we've had season tickets for a couple of years. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with next season um, as far as being able to go to the games. But it's it's a still a growing market. But if you're in Nashville and you've never been to a game or, you know, Nashville is a huge tourist city. Like if you're visiting and there's a game going on, spend the money and go like it hooked me on hockey. I mean, that's and now it's it's more of a a lifestyle for my family. Like if we didn't go to that playoff game, like would I be doing all this stuff? Probably not. Hockey can change your life in an instant. Go to one game (laughs) or all in this case, the Preds. The Preds can change your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kinda, to be honest with you. I mean, I obviously was a season ticket holder for the Kings for so long. And, um, but there's, I, and we've heard it many times on, on our podcast that Bridgestone has an energy about it that not a lot of other arenas hold. And I think, I mean, I don't know the, the exact number, but I could say probably a handful of people have said that, that Nashville is their favorite hockey city to visit and, and to go to games. So that itself, I think, yeah, explains absolutely. a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I think also you guys are talking about 
you know, other fan bases in the league that might have that similar connection to the team and really feel like they know the players and feel like they're really connected. I, I would say based on my experience of this particular team and their fan base, I would say that the Vegas Golden Knights have that as well with their fan base. I think they're really connected. I know a lot of fans who have, you know, go to the practices and the players, you know, sort of started to get to know a lot of them and, and they've built more of a connection with them in that city as well. But I think the Vegas situation is obviously a little bit different than in Nashville. I think it does come back to community because that, city in Vegas needed that sense of community when that team started right after the October one shooting at the, at the music festival. So I think a strong community builds a strong hockey fan base and connection. Absolutely. If you look at it as like, take Asher's situation out of, out of it for as far as the wish is concerned, but if you have kids that are going to these practices and they're seeing these players and they're growing up around the game, you know, like what are they going to do when they get 18, 19, 20 years old? Like they're still going to be going to games. Mm-hmm. It builds that long-term connection and, and fan. And we've talked about that before of like, you know, you've got to take care of that next generation of fans and bring them into this sport um, for the longevity of it. But anyway, so do you have any recommendations like best place to sit at Bridgestone? Um, best food, like best band you've seen? Because don't they do like live country music there and stuff during the game? They have everybody. Like we've seen Keith Urban, Old Old Crow Medicine Show, Charlie Daniels, like like all these people that like live in Nashville, like they play there. Like you go, like you go to a Saturday night game and you're going to see somebody, somebody awesome play whether it's the anthem or whether it's, you know, Vince Gill singing in intermission or like, it's, it's crazy. God, that's not fair. You get like a country <laughs> music concert and hockey yeah. in one. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's constant. Um, food. Uh, they have this thing called the smash burger, which is a burger, but it has like pulled pork and bacon and just like all this stuff on top of it. It's insane. Got to try that place to sit. Um, if you're not on the glass, probably 300 section they're not a bad seat in the house they have uh, and their ticket prices aren't aren't terrible at all and I think one thing too about um Bridgestone that I experienced that I haven't experienced in other arenas is that you have the opportunity to upgrade your seat during the game so if there's a lower level seat available you can actually purchase it for like some, the price ranges, but sometimes you can do $20, $30, $40, $50. And I was up in the 300 section and I got the notification. There were seats available. I upgraded my seats. I think it cost me, I think it was like 60 bucks. So 30, because I had two seats and I was uh, 14 rows off the glass. Yeah, it's crazy. And this, their staff is just so in tune with what's going on there. I, it's more than one time. Um, it's weird. It's Bridgestone. You walk in and then you probably have, you know, 50 feet or so to the escalator to go up to your seats. More than one time we've been about to get on that escalator and Sean Henry, the, the CEO of the Preds will be standing at the bottom, uh, swapping people's tickets out. So he, he's like, so where are you sitting tonight? You know, 305 here, go sit in, in 114. And the, the games are, are, are sold out, but I'm sure they're, they're sold out of comp tickets or, you know, whatever it is. But, like, 
what other arena can you walk into and, and take a group of four people that has two small kids and, and you're upgrading them to hundred dollar seats that are on the glass? I've and never so, heard that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. That's incredible. That speaks a lot to the, yeah. to the ownership. It's, it's, it's awesome. Breezy, has that ever happened to you at a, the Kings game? Just no, have the owner come, I, like, be like, hey, take these tickets. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that it's just different. Again, I think it just comes to a little bit of Southern hospitality, the way yeah. the organization is and how in tune they are. But, I mean, with Kings, um, I feel like they hold themselves at, like, a Hollywood standard, I guess, which you can say. It's very, like, luxurious when you kind of go and um, you kind of pay for your seats and, and nothing – you never really get upgraded unless it's, like – I mean – the the in arena host will come around and like give away and like upgrade your seat but only to like two people and they'll put you down like on the glass but nothing like like when I went to my first game at at, uh, Bridgestone when I kind of found out that you can upgrade your seats I was like this is a fantastic tool to have and it not only like like I'm stoked like I'm like okay well, I'll just buy a 300 ticket now and like I know I can just upgrade and I think that the upgrade cost goes to um whatever what's their organ uh, uh Preds Preds foundation. foundation yeah Preds Foundation so it goes to a good cause mm-hmm. and then you know that you're going to get you know a lower level seat and it's it just makes the Preds look better because now it, it, the lower level seats are are filling up and it's going to a, a good foundation mm-hmm. The fans are happy. Like you can't, I don't think you can get any better than that. Right. All right. We have to bring up a tough subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Colby, how do you feel about your Preds performance thus far? Um, <laughs> the, that happened in the play in round of this year's playoffs. You know, it, it stinks that uh, you go for, you know, how many weeks and you don't have hockey and then you get pulled right back in. And then I don't think they played bad. Um, I think they got beat on a couple of technicalities and, you know, you can go back and say, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. You know, it stinks like tear it down, rebuild it for next year. I don't think I let myself get as invested as I would have normally done had it just been, regular season playoffs playoff run um regardless the whole the whole thing stinks um I didn't find myself planning my day around their schedule where I normally would have so I can't say like I'm as hurt as I normally would have been (laughs) but I think um they have all of the tools and the pieces there to be a championship team they just got to figure out um the little pieces to get them there second line scoring they've got to figure out goaltending I mean they've got two of the best goalies in the league but like what are you what are you gonna do who's gonna play like I don't know a couple little things and I think they can be a a really good team Breezy do you agree with that uh I agree with that definitely (laughs) and and I think Colby kind of hit it where you I mean I don't think I got as invested either like I did plan my day around like them playing just because I wanted to watch it because it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I don't know how long they're going to be in it for. Like, I, I got to get my Preds hockey in now. But I, again, like, I wasn't – and I still don't feel super invested into it just because it's one of those things where you didn't have it for so long and it's, like, kind of awkward to have it at this time of the year where it just doesn't make sense. And um, 
the fact that there's no fans that are there, uh, just in general, not just Preds, but just for every team, it's there's no fans yeah. that are there. Kind of weird. Like, you literally have hockey all day, which is fantastic. But at some point, it's like, all right, well, on to the next. Like, kind of forget what just happened. Now, mm-hmm. are, should I be excited for this next one? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a strange time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, tell us a little bit more about some of the uh, social media influencer types you've met through your hockey experience and with MD Media and just all the content you make and um, go ahead and, you know, to your own horn and call out some of those people's names and tell us the experience. <laughs> um, last year, last year was wild. Um, uh probably biggest or longest trip was to Barcelona. We went and shot the world roller games with, with John Chavo um, and true. Um, that was a really fun trip, a ton of content, a lot of work. Um, I think their, their game, they always had, they were the top seeds. They always had the last game of the night. So it would end around midnight. We would go get food and then I would probably up editing until like 5am and then go to sleep and then do it all over again. Um, some of the more fun trips, you know, we went to Toronto with, with Barber and, and Jeremy and Nasher and Pacific Rink. Uh, we went to Lake Louise. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think we were looking to go to Lake Louise and find just that crystal clear, you know, see all the way to the bottom us. And I don't, we didn't really accomplish what I wanted there. The trip was still a huge success in terms of content and engagement and all that stuff. Um, we're going again this year, as long as I can get in, um, went to, you know, a handful of tournaments around here with my buddies. Those are always fun because, you know, you've got your best friends around you playing hockey, um, shot with, uh, beer league Bender and ES films up in Vermont. Um, Barber was great. Um, I hadn't met him before last year and I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, you see all these guys on social media and you think, Oh, they're going to act this way. And when you get there, like you're going to do all this stuff. So I was a little, I wouldn't say I was nervous. I was just um, maybe a little anxious about meeting him. Cause he's like, you know, he's like the guy as far as uh, social media is concerned, but that was great. You know, we've become, I would say pretty good friends now. And you know, he, he we're going to plan that like Louise trip later in the year. And, I'm looking forward to that. I did a, did a lot of stuff with True. Um, went to the U18 showcase uh, earlier this year. We're going to do the World Championships, but that got canceled. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to things starting to slowly open back up and, and planning some trips and, and just blowing some people's mind with what we're going to do. Where do you have like a bucket list location that you'd want to go to and film? Um, Louise is a big one. Um, I want to go there and get the shots that I actually want. Uh, we got there last year and it was, it was, it was great, but it was covered in snow. That wasn't what I wanted. Um, I think Mammoth and we're going to maybe try and go to Mammoth, uh, if we can't do Louise. So that would be a really good one. Um, yeah. And then just anywhere else that we see that's, uh, saw this picture of a, a rink out in Hawaii, just this roller rink. It overlooked a beach and a huge volcano in the background. I'm like, we got to go. Like, (laughs) you see those places like that. And, you know, it's it's great content. People are going to want to see it. So, like, let's go do it. 
Awesome. Where do you see, like, do you have any long-term goals with like what you want to accomplish in this, in this media, social media space of, of creating content in the hockey world? Um, not specifically. I think last year it was so go, go, go. Like I was literally just hanging on. Like we got back from, I spent a week in New York for hockey is hockey. It was an event up there, um, with true and, and some of the stuff that's going up there landed on Sunday night at like midnight. And then the next morning we left for Lake Louise and gone another week. Like it was like, just hang on, shoot everything, edit it when you can. Like, Long-term goals, um, just keep pushing and growing uh, right now. I don't have anything, nothing on paper besides that. Hey, that's a good goal to have. Yeah. Just keep being able to do what you enjoy doing, I think is yeah, pretty wonderful. Absolutely. Do you have any stories of, uh, any good stories of meeting hockey players outside of uh, Forsberg with your son in that? Have you ever, or even maybe one in that capacity, like having met either current or past uh, retired player? Um, one, one of Asher that um, I would still like more information on. So we were, uh, <laughs> we were on the ice. They had just taken us on the ice um, and this was, I think, the first day. So he had just signed the contract, like, in the in the press room. The media was all there. And they, they put it all his gear on him. And I'll send you guys the link if you haven't seen it. He actually made the assistant GM, like, dress him in the room. Like, they they put a, a, ba- a gear bag full of, like, little pred stuff in front of him. And, like, they were continuing to talk. But, you know, he's a three-year-old, and you just put something in front of him. So he's opening everything and starts pulling out pads, handing it to um, Brian Poole, his assistant GM of the Preds. So Brian like completely dresses him like in front of the whole room. And then we go out on the ice and like Nash, the Preds mascot starts, starts walking him around. Cause actually he didn't have skates on at the time. He was just walking around. We were afraid he's going to fall. And then like they disappear, like they're gone for like 10 minutes. And apparently like he was just in the, in the locker room, hanging out with the boys, like, And they had him mocked up, too. And we heard, like, bits and pieces of, like, what he was saying in there in the locker room. Like, just just hanging out with the guys. Like, I would love to have had a camera follow him and just, like, like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? So, I'm sure he had a blast there and it's something he'll remember forever. But um, that one I would love to to have seen a little bit more about. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you there's footage somewhere in the archives. Yeah. The Preds had a outdoor rink um this past holiday season and mm-hmm. you were able to actually play a game on it right um so they've had it a couple of years and i think we've been on it every year that they've had it okay um i i saw some photos or you did you did some content on it where you were actually playing and i thought that was i mean i've never seen that that before so yeah it was uh, crazy hear more about it um, so we did the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships up in Minnesota, and the guy that runs it, Jim Dulleen, connected us with NBC Sports. Um, and they did, like, a piece on all these beer league teams and them traveling to Minnesota. And they kind of latched on to us, um, I'm assuming, because Hockey Day in America was in Nashville. Either that or it just really worked out the best for them. So I get a call um, 
the week before that game. And they're like, hey, we're going to be in Nashville shooting this. Do you guys want to come out? And I'm like, NBC Sports is asking me to do this. Absolutely. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, so, you know, we got all of our guys um, in their pond hockey gear and we went down. Uh, got Asher dressed up, brought him with us, and like we skated on. They had a, a mini rink outside Bridgestone, and you know they had us play pickup and just really mess around for the better part of an hour and interviewed us, interviewed Asher. Um, Anson Carter was there um, interviewing us. Like it was just, I mean, it was a great experience. It was awesome. There's an outdoor hockey rink outside of Bridgestone Arena, and like we're skating on it. Like how can you say no to that? You don't. You say yes, just like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, they do that. I think they've done that just about every year and we find some way to skate on it, whether it's this that we really lucked into or we'll pay to rent it out and, and just play our own like winter classic on it. We always ended off with our two firing questions. So um, every time we ask a guy this, they're like, what? Uh, 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 I don't know, but who's your favorite hockey hunk? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> probably Craig Smith because of his hair. Like Ooh, he's got he's got the hockey yeah. hair, and he's got good teeth too. And uh, who's your favorite hockey lady? I'm drawing a blank. I have no idea. I can't think of any. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. That's okay. We've had that answer before. I think you've got a lot of like social media girls that are trying to be that person, but they're really putting out the wrong message, and it's something that like the game <laughs> does not need. Is anybody putting out the right message? Like, not that I can think of. The only thing I can think of is the wrong message, and I'm not even gonna like, not even gonna put their name out. Don't, because they might be <laughs> calling you for work, and you're gonna take that work and you're gonna yeah. fix that exactly. What about my account, the hockey lady? Am I putting out the wrong message? No, you are not. I'm thinking like these girls that are like half naked on like the a ice, stick and nothing yeah. else. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're getting the likes, but you're not getting anything else. Yeah, not really hockey related, but <laughs> exactly. I'm a huge fan of you. And I think that your account is extremely beneficial um, for all your hockey needs. Or if you miss hockey, you have amazing content. I obviously was lucky enough to go on a Toronto trip with you and witness firsthand you doing the work. And you did stay up until like 5am editing photos. And um, you are very serious about what you do and put out fantastic stuff. So where can fans follow you and uh yeah promote yeah. yourself um so my instagram account is where 95 percent of my content is it's at vmd media um there's links to their links on there to my youtube channel so that's that's where the majority of my content is thank you uh thank you so much for joining us yeah absolutely thank you guys for having me thanks for coming over to our house of hockey podcast and hanging out with us we'll be back next week with a brand new episode and in the meantime you can follow us on social media just look for house of hockey podcast we'll be back next week